0: The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and PowerPlus, their next-generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is the division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
1: A college degree is supposed to help propel you to a better financial situation, but a new study from the Urban Institute found Black adults under 40 are less likely to own a home than white adults with a high school diploma. So how do we close this gap? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today, I'm joined by Sandy Baum. She's a senior fellow for the Urban Institute and one of the study's authors. Sandy, thanks for joining me.
2: Happy to be here. Thank you.
1: So, Sandy, the Urban Institute did this study looking at uh, home ownership and the disparities that continue to exist and the fact that uh, young Black adults who have college degrees are still less likely to own a home than than white families where the, uh, the adults only have a, a high school diploma. And obviously, certainly in my generation, I'm in that millennial, that younger generation, we're told, you know, get a college degree. That's sort of your your ability to improve your, your income and your ability to do things like own a home. So why are we seeing this disparity?
2: Right. Well, our, our focus is on the racial wealth gap and the gap in home ownership across racial groups that, that black adults are much less likely than white adults to, to own homes and black adults uh, are also more likely to have student debt and to struggle with student debt. Uh, that, that, doesn't mean that one is causing the other, but it, it is that it comparison of black adults to white adults is really startling. That doesn't mean that you're not better off if you went to college. I mean, the fact is that for everyone going to college leads to increased incomes and, and people with college degrees are more likely than people without college degrees to own homes. It's just that the uh, barriers facing Black adults are huge and um, so don't compensate for the advantages that those with a college education have.
1: And you know you know, obviously you don't make this concrete conclusion that it's because of of student debt, but there seems to be a correlation there that obviously we know black students have student debt that debt tends to be a hurdle to home ownership. so it seems like that's still a fair thing to look at as at least one, major obstacle. Am I wrong?
2: Well, what we know is that because of the racial wealth gap, the the difference in wealth between black and white households, as well as income gaps and as well as other forms of discrimination that affect all kinds of outcomes for black children and adults, um, both of those problems have led to a home ownership gap. They also lead to higher levels of student debt for black students than for white students because their parents can't afford to help them pay. Um, And they face a lot more barriers in, in succeeding in college. So we have problems that are deeply embedded in the system that have led to both of these outcomes. So that doesn't mean that if black, young people didn't go to college and borrow money, they would be able to own homes. That's not the case. Obviously, if you take two people and they both have the same income, and one of them has student debt and the other one doesn't, the one with student debt has more limited opportunities. Part of their income has to go to pay off their loans and it will be harder for them to buy a house. So in that sense, it's really clear that you're better off if you don't have student loans if you have the employment and the income that, that you have. But if you don't have a college education, then you're likely to have a lower income.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, And obviously there's, there's, you know, you, you correctly point out there's a lot of different reasons that are sort of compounding each other. Um, I think here we want to focus on more of the, the college debt side, just because our audience is largely in the mortgage industry. And so, you know, that that's the area where they can probably most have an impact on helping people own a home. Um, first looking at sort of ways to help people who already have, you know, student debt. Obviously, President Biden is is trying to do his student debt forgiveness plan. That's kind of a, a one-shot deal, but talk to me a little bit about the programs that also exist outside of that, where you can maybe take advantage at the state level or or organizations that are helping to pay off some of that and and help these borrowers free up more money and also get that off their credit history?
2: Well, one issue is how mortgage lenders look at and evaluate student debt. So um, increasingly, uh, there is an effort to evaluate student debt differently from other forms of debt. I mean, if you think about the difference between just accumulating debt on your credit card or accumulating debt for a college education, they're very different uh, motives. The prospects for repayment are quite different. And um, so frequently, and and people with college education tend to be better credit risks. So uh, lenders are sort of counting student debt differently and holding against borrowers less. Another big issue is that in the federal student loan program, you have the option of repaying your loans through an income-driven plan, which makes your payments a percentage of your income. So many borrowers have lower monthly payments than would be estimated just by knowing how much debt they have. And historically, it was an estimated payment that was used in the debt-to-income ratio. And now increasingly, people are looking at the actual payments that people have under income-driven repayment. And that can help a lot of borrowers And that it's just only realistic. They don't actually have to make those bigger payments. They make lower payments that are consistent with their incomes. So looking at that is very helpful. Um, Also looking at payments, other kinds of payments that people are making, like if you're paying rent now and you're successfully paying your rent, you could use that money to pay a mortgage instead. And that's not traditionally been the way that um, mortgage eligibility has been determined. There are a lot of things on the student debt side that could help borrowers with student debt to qualify for mortgages. So first of all, helping people get into to these income driven repayment plans can lower their monthly payments and reduce the risk of default. A lot of black mortgage applicants are denied because of their credit ratings. And if they've defaulted on their student loans, that's a big problem. If you're in the right repayment plan, you shouldn't have to default on your student loans. So giving people help in managing their student loans can make a difference in their ability to qualify for a mortgage.
1: And and I, I want to follow up first on, you know, obviously you brought up and I wanted to get into um, you know, the mortgage industry and the way they handle um student debt. And also you brought up some of the things that are happening with around rent payments and trying to create positive stuff on credit history as well as mm-hmm. the negative that that student debt has traditionally been treated. Um, we we've certainly heard from companies on an individual basis who are changing the way they're looking at student debt and and rating agencies looking at things like rent history, is this, are we seeing a huge dramatic shift or is this still coming in dribs and drabs and it's going to take time before this becomes the norm in the mortgage industry?
2: Uh, I'm not an expert on the mortgage industry, right? So, I mean, I've been looking at what they are doing and we've been coming up with recommendations for what they should do. So I hope it's a real uh, trend that will become the norm.
1: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and then on the on the um, you know, working with borrowers to to find, you know, get into to payment programs or or find assistance that's out there. If I'm an originator and somebody comes in and I see they have this student debt, what should I know about these programs in terms of the process? Is, the, is it does it take a lot to get into these programs? And should that be something that, you know, if a borrower comes in and has student debt, whether they're of color or not, I should immediately start working on that because it's going to take time and I don't want that to hold up the rest of the process or is that a smooth process? I mean, talk to me about sort of planning to right. to walk somebody through that.
2: I would say that uh, starting at the beginning, if you see that someone has student debt, and they're not in an income-driven repayment plan, they need that advice immediately about how to get into it. It it should be simpler than it is. There are some bureaucratic hurdles. You have to verify your income to the Department of Education. You have to verify it annually so people get kicked out of the program, even if they are actually qualified for it. So um, giving that advice, many borrowers don't even know about income-driven repayment. So um, having that information, if the mortgage uh, people assisting with mortgage applications have that information, they should provide it immediately and they should find out whether borrowers have tried to be in these programs Don't miss the largest regional mortgage um, show in the nation. The England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut in January 12th and 13th. See us at www.anymortgageexpo.com. Yes, Start your year with the best connections in the borrowers. industry
0: dozens of sessions, scores of and exhibitors. It's where success where, is written every know, hour. www.anymortgageexpo.com. People, you know,
1: to, to area, people who should qualify sometimes get rejected for, for different kinds of reasons. Is there an appeal? Is there tend to be appeals process or can you reapply? I mean, just for if I'm, if I, again, if I'm an originator and I get a no and I'm trying to move this process along, should I just take that no as, okay, you don't qualify or should it be like, okay, let's look at this let's figure out what went wrong because you sh- you meet the parameters and we should apply again or appeal this
2: if if the reason people are denied mortgages is because of their student loan payments then certainly taking the strategy of adjusting their, helping them to adjust their student loan payments, then having them reapply would make a lot of sense. Now, I mean, one of the problems, of course, is that many of the people who are struggling with student debt are struggling with a lot of other things. And many people who default on student loans are also defaulting on their utility bills or their medical bills or something else. So it's not that if we just make student loan payments more manageable for people, they're going to, automatically qualify for mortgages because for many of them, they won't. One of the problems that we found looking at some of the potential solutions to the problem of student debt being a barrier for some people seeking to be homeowners um, is that so many people are just far from being qualified anyway. It's like what what you're looking at here to make a difference is who's on the margin, who's almost mortgage ready and has just something that we could fix and then they would be qualified. And um, you're not gonna, I mean, even erasing student debt isn't gonna solve the problem for many people who simply have inadequate incomes or or in or bad credit histories for other reasons. So targeting this group of people who, who could qualify if we could get their student debt under control is really the only way we're gonna make a difference in this area.
1: No, that's a good point that obviously this is not a cure-all and uh, I know mortgage origination again is not necessarily your expertise, but working, you know, obviously the research you do and what you've indicated that sometimes it's it's not just student debt, but it's the way student debt and other things compete for the limited income that somebody might have. Some in some cases this may be coaching that if we help you with your student debt, you can then address maybe medical debt, credit card debt, uh, do other things, you know, save up for a down payment, do other things that down the road will make you an attractive borrower. But let's clear one of those hurdles so that you can address those other things.
2: Right, right. And of course, what we want is to make home ownership more accessible and narrow the racial gap in home ownership. But that doesn't mean pushing people who aren't going to be able to make their mortgage payments into home ownership, right? We don't want to create new problems that we want it to be that people who clearly would be able to make payments are able to access mortgages. One of the things that I think you suggested that that has, you know, has some appeal on the surface is should we just pay off the student loans for people who are applying for mortgages, or at least for black borrowers who are applying for mortgages because of, of the racial home ownership gap? And that is more complicated than it sounds, because um, you know, if this debt forgiveness plan of Biden's goes through, that's gonna mean for some people it could put them across the line and it and it could make a difference in home ownership. But if you were to selectively hand out money to to pay off the debts only of people who are almost mortgage ready. You would be sort of giving that money to the people who are relatively better off than other applicants for mortgages or than other student loan borrowers who, who have bigger problems and putting a lot of money into just, you know, handing it out to those people who Need it, but need it maybe less than some other people is a problematic policy. So we don't recommend that. We really recommend being more favorable in how student debt is considered in the mortgage process and also in helping people to navigate the student loan system, both before they borrow the money and after they are already in debt.
1: Yeah, a more holistic problem until somebody really figures out how to address college affordability as a whole. Sandy, thanks so much for joining me.
2: Sure. I'm happy to talk. Thank you very much.
1: We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. This podcast
0: was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight
1: under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Here's your headlines for today, November 16th. United Wholesale Mortgage is again on the offensive in its wholesale price war. This time, it's expanding its rate buy-down program. At the same time that UWM was announcing the change, analysts at Argus downgraded Rocket's stock from hold to sell. Argus is concerned about Rocket's five-year outlook relative to its competitors, including UWM. In other news, embracing technology could leave you exposed to fraud risks. A new report from LexisNexis noted that U.S. lenders grew mobile transactions by more than 60 percent, but these transactions are also more vulnerable to fraud. And finally, the FHA is touting its work to help families buy and keep their homes. The agency celebrated its assistance programs in a report to Congress. It also said it helped 1.8 million homeowners who were behind on their mortgage payments. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by TG Cutampereur, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is Head of Multimedia, and Christine Stewart is Editorial Director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.